Welcome to the Empathic Mastery Show. I'm your host, Jennifer Moore, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a place where we talk about what it means to be highly sensitive and empathic, how this impacts all aspects of our lives, and we explore tools, resources, and solutions so we can shift from absorbing all the thoughts, feelings, and energy of the world around us to being beacons for calm, love, and healing. So today, I am so excited to have my dear friend, Anna Pereira, with me. You guys, if you don't know who Anna is, you're in for an absolute treat. Anna is a total powerhouse. She is the CEO of the Wellness Universe and our total fearless leader. And she is also, because full disclosure, I am a member of the Wellness Universe, and she is also the author of four best-selling books that are the Wellness Universe Guide to Complete Self-Care, 25 Tools for Stress Relief and Goddesses and Manifestation and Happiness. Happiness. And and to achieve anything. Stuff and how to achieve <laughs> anything. So, Anna, I am just thrilled to have you here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, Jennifer, when you asked me to be part of your show, I was elated because I love you. I love the work you do. We've had many personal conversations, and I consider you a dear friend of mine and a safe haven and space for me. And I truly mean that. And through everything that I know you to be, and I know how you show up in this world, because some people may only know you through your podcast and your exquisite writing and your exquisite teachings. But I know you on the other side, and I know that you are truly walking the talk and showing up in this world for everything that you represent. And for that, I'm honored to sit in the seat opposite you today. So thank you so much. Oh, Anna, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm going to make I, myself cry. I, yeah, I, we're both you are so tender. Like, yes. And I am just, I so much love right back at you. I'm so grateful. And, and, you know, I'll just tell you guys that, um, I, the way Anna must have found my name, I think through LinkedIn or something. And I got this email that was just like, Hey, you want to be part of this vetted community that we create that, that I'm creating. And normally if I saw an email like that, I would just be like junk and it would just go right into my <laughs> spam folder. And I would just be like, nah, later, bye. I don't know. Yeah. But for some reason, spirit told me that this was legit and to follow it up and to pursue it. And that was years and years ago now. And it was just, it was one of those time things where it was completely a divine appointment that spirit just led me to, or led you to me and led me to you. And instead of my just ignoring the opportunity, when you knocked on the door, I answered. And now here, here is this amazing friendship and collaborative, you know, collaboration and just, it's so wonderful. But, um, there are a couple of things I wanted to cover today. First off, I just wanted to, you know, sort of, since this is the Empathic Mastery Show, I wanted to, like, talk about how you as an empath or a highly sensitive person, like, that piece of just, like, tell us a little bit about your story with that. Um, because, you know, and then what I really wanted to get into, and you and I've talked a little bit about this, is just, like, what you see as the CEO of the Wellness Universe, and I'd love it if you could tell people more about what is the Wellness Universe. So, um, but like, kind of like, what are the challenges and the pitfalls and the things that you see 
happening for the highly sensitive empathic entrepreneur and healer and energy worker and, you know, you writer, author, creative, but, you know, all the kinds of people that you serve with the wellness universe. But before we go into that, let's just start with the first thing, which is probably the most important piece, which is what is the wellness universe? Please share. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff, Jennifer. I didn't know I, I was going to have to sleep at three I'll days. Keep, <laughs> I know. I'll keep track of it though. So, so, but the, I figured the first question is what is the wellness universe? And then we'll come to the, tell us a little bit about your empath story and then we're going to go for the dirt. <laughs> so, okay. Awesome. Okay. I love it. Well, first of all, I want to thank you. I have to say this before, because I don't want to lose track of this very important uh, piece of gratitude for you. Um, before I realized that I identified as an empath, I didn't have this awareness. So you created the awareness and you, you created the self-awareness for me to embrace the term. And because of you, even though I've heard the term before and may have been exposed to maybe a, a, a definition of one person's or another's, I didn't realize until I started reading your book and listening to your, to you speak the words in the audiobook, actually the, listening to your voice created a whole new dynamic around that content. And I really have embraced that I am an empath. So I want to thank you and I give you all the credit for that. Mm. And that is so thank I'm so grateful that that talked to you because that is really the thing that the book and just all this work is about is like, for one thing, helping us to recognize what we are. And, you know, for so many of us, we were told from the time we were tiny little children Suck it up, buttercup. You're overreacting. Mm -hmm. You're taking it too personally. You've got to, you need to develop a thicker skin. Stop worrying about it. Get over it. And you're, you've got an overactive imagination. Like, I mean, I think everybody listening to this podcast can probably think of the things they were told. And so I think for so many of us, we thought there was something wrong with us. And we also did not realize that, that like, like that this was, our natural empathic ability, not so, not like just that we we're being oversensitive and also that anybody could just suck it up and get over it. That as empaths, we do pick up extra stuff. We are often more feeling things on a deeper level than some people are. So when you have a muggle saying to you, oh, you're just overreacting, it's like for them, maybe that would be true. But for us, we're just like in the empathic soup. So it feels so incredibly important to me to give people the opportunity to recognize themselves like, and to just to have tools that say, oh, this is what it means to be highly sensitive and empathic. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of our colleagues who I just interviewed recently, Sharon Randall, um, you know, really talks also about her experience of recognizing like, oh, the reason that I go into work and I suddenly two hours later, I'm feeling like absolute like CRAP is because the there's somebody else who's having these experiences and it's this like i'm taking it on and feeling it and experiencing it and it you know i know for sharon that was like a game changer when she was game able changer. to start saying oh this is this isn't mine this isn't mine i'm picking up on other people's stuff so i could 
obviously go on and uh, on about this. Anna. But Jennifer, I because I had to tell you this, and I wanted all the all the listeners to to hear this because it's so important. You have helped me find the courage to put words and expose my feelings and what I'm going through on the inside, which helps my communication. And as we know, mm. communication clarifies everything, everything and gets you to the end, whether it's, you know, what you wanted or what you didn't want, it, it moves you forward. It moves you forward. And that's, I, I wanted to address that specifically. See, here I am even going into this as, as an empath and as a person who wants everybody else to, you know, to excel, uh, that's the roots of the wellness universe. I'm actually modeling it right now because I, it's, I'm so, I'm so passionate about letting people know that you really empower us and you've empowered, empowered me on, and I've saved this for this interview because I haven't told you this yet. You help me to connect my feelings to my words and voice my words when I'm feeling something so it gets out and I don't bottle it up and it doesn't become an emotional roller coaster for me. So I want to thank you. For, I want to cry. Oh, I really thank you for that. You've given me such power in realizing, you know, that I'm okay this way and it's part of me. And to use that vulnerability to give myself power to, you know, and then also to allow the other person to know if they are respectful of me and they love me, I've given them that space instead of coming off defensive or coming off like protective or turning into a, a hot mess. You know, that communication changes the world. And it's mm -hmm. because I said, oh, well, I'm an empath and I'm feeling this way because of this. I have to communicate it to the person that's in front of me so they understand, yes. you know, so thank yes. you. Oh, Anna, Anna, you are just making my day. <laughs> You're making my week. And oh. one other thing um, that you said about the, uh, just mentioning the audiobook, which just came out recently, is at least at the time of the recording, is that from the very, very beginning, I knew that this was supposed to be an audiobook. It's like, I just knew that that was the ultimate form it was supposed to take. Like I could feel it as an audiobook from the very beginning. And I, I'm so thrilled that it is it spoke to you oh like, I love listening to you. to you I oh, love you. love love listening to you read your voice is healing in and of itself so oh. it's just so it's just I really love the audiobook so thank you thank you oh. for all you do Jennifer thank you thank you thank you so, so now about me now about you so actually so just in a nutshell let's talk about so what is the wellness universe Okay, so in a nutshell, the wellness universe has two purposes, actually. Mm -hmm. It serves those who are seeking well-being and to really tap into their greatest version of themselves, to have more ease, flow, health, and well-being in their life. And when you come to the wellness universe, you're met by the other half of the wellness universe. And that is a community of people who are making the world a better place. And when you come to the wellnessuniverse.com, you can connect with these amazing uh, coaches, guides, healers, helpers, therapists, um, who in different ways, shapes, and forms help people to navigate their lives through transformation so they can live their highest version of themselves. 
But more importantly, what I find to be so great about the wellness universe, we're not just, and you can kind of classify that and sum that up as, oh, it's a directory of vetted people who make the world a better place. But more than that, on the inside, which is really great for people like us who are empaths and healers, we want to be with like, and we like to support each other and not feel that there's a competition and to be able to call on each other um, and, and find that safe haven with with each, each other and also share the tools that we need and the resources we need in order to be our best selves so we can help the world be a better place. And that's the community of the wellness universe on the inside. Together, we come together and we do events and we collaborate on projects. And we, as you know, we do the Voice Your Intention Room on Monday nights, which is helping people to manifest their dreams. And it's just a wonderful family. I want to call us a family of people who are changing the world, who in their heart know that it all ties back to community co-creation and collaboration without any competition and and our our voices together are stronger than each of us independently yeah and um and then we serve the world through our modalities of health and healing and so many different ways to do that through coaching or, or events or whatever it is that people are doing um courses and books and books, so yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what the wellness universe is. It kind of serves two purposes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so as you were saying, the way to, for people to reach it is through the wellnessuniverse.com. And in case you guys didn't catch this, this is a virtual community, although there are live online events. Anna has run an event called Soul Treat for the last couple of years. And so there have been actual live retreats, although, you know, in light of the current climate, you know, we, we we'll see when the next live <laughs> event happens. But um, there is also, you know, the, like you've mentioned, the Voice Your Intention group that happens on Clubhouse. There's the Feeling Good Club that the Wellness Universe started. Like I said, there are four books now that you are, you have, have done that are collaborative so that there are a number of authors in these books and everything. Just amazing, amazing opportunities with Wellness Universe. And one word that you just sort of slipped in there, but that I really want to hold up is the fact that it's a vetted community, that it's not just anybody can just sign up and be like, I'm an expert in the Wellness Universe. You actually have to, like people, you're vetted for this. And so actually, maybe we could just talk a tiny little bit about what does it mean to be vetted in the Wellness Universe? Sure. So um, since the beginning, um, I created the wellness universe because I saw a real need. This is, this is taking it back to 2013 when I was blessed with the vision. And upon our conversation, you helped me to understand that it was mother Mary that gave me this vision. Cause I knew it came from somewhere and I've uh, been giving, you know, the credit up to God and the universe and, um, you know, wherever this came from. But I had an, I have an inspirational page on Facebook called Circles of Inspiration, and it was growing at rapid speed um, because I started that because I had a spiritually infused uh, and inspirational jewelry collection. And then I said, huh, let me just start, you know, giving out inspirational messages of support and empowerment through those memes And then I started networking with all other healers and authors and speakers and coaches and guides. 
And then my Facebook page grew and grew and grew and grew. And I was up to over 300,000 fans on my Facebook page. And then I said, that's when the idea came to me. The vision, it was really a vision because I saw it as a whole village. I saw the wellness universe as a whole village. And actually, we, we had first started calling it Phil's Journal, Positivity, Hope, Inspiration, um, and love journal. So that's really the first name that we started out with. And then when we start started the Facebook group to bring together all these healers, I said, let's name the Facebook group wellness universe. And then from there, it just went as wellness universe online as wellness universe. Wow. So, yes, yes. So, um, in, in coming together with all of these people, I realized that Back then, 2011, 12, 13, because I started my Facebook page in 11, people are coming from everywhere and they're reading what us Facebook page owners, inspirational Facebook page owners, that's kind of what we called ourselves, mm-hmm. what we put out there, people would ask us for help with this or with that. And I'm not qualified to guide someone through, um, you know, a, a traumatic experience or, you know, help them to heal through something. I am not a coach. I, I say that, you know, boldly. I, I advise people. I can't, I, you know, consult with people and I help guide people, but I'm not a coach. To me, a coach has a system and mm-hmm. holds you responsible to the work mm-hmm. you do. I am not a coach. I don't want to be a coach Mm-mm. because I'm too busy being a producer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And holding the space and being a creator and a visionary. And that's my job, right? So in create in this vision hitting me, it's because I was seeing not just myself, because people would see me as an influencer, as a thought leader. So they thought that I was the expert in the area mm-hmm. as well. I'm like, no, I'm just sharing my, you know, my ideas and my inspiration. But it's, it's like, you know, this is just what I, what I imagine the greatest version of the world living to experience, but how to get there. If you're having an issue, I can't help you get to here. This is to inspire you. Now you go to the expert, you know, it's like you can go to the MD for one thing, but then he, he, refers you to a specialist, right? Right, right. right. So yeah. that's kind of where I was. I was creating the awareness and giving people the hope and the foundation to, you know, um, a new thought. Yeah. But giving them the people was important to me because I started seeing that people were reaching out to people, like the fans of Facebook were reaching out to the Facebook owner, Facebook page owners, and they're not qualified to really right. help them. Right. And they're helping out. They're, 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 their interaction, like when we, I'll bring it back to when we were small, Jennifer, when you watch TV, you felt like you almost knew somebody, right? Because you would watch right. them on TV, watch their show day after day, but you didn't really know them. You know what I mean? And so getting inspired by somebody on their Facebook page and really getting connected to someone, it was a big thing back then. Mm-hmm. Now we have all these different platforms, but it was a big thing. So people would reach out to my friends and colleagues and say, I need, you know, I need help with this, or I need help with that, or I feel like killing myself. And my colleagues are not, some of them were just not in a space. They weren't the specialists for that. Although you would think they could solve all the world's problems because they're doling out inspirational messages. And how do you decipher who is the one to go to for the specific thing? Ah, well, that's how the wellness universe was born. So when you say vetted, 
I make sure that we go to their YouTube channel. We watch some video. We go to their, we go to their Facebook. We see what content they're putting out. We go to their website and we see what they have structured around there. And if none of that is set up already, but they've come to us through a referral, we set up a phone call and we get on the phone with them to make sure they are who they say they are. They're going in the direction that they, that they really want to go. Because like you just mentioned, Sharon, she came on uh, to the wellness universe because she was a follower and we connected on a personal level and she really wanted to now really embody her healer side. And so she came aboard um, and this is helping her grow through her becoming a healer with a business side to it. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's really people at different levels, but I have to know that you're like legit, that yeah. you have some sort of training that you have a focus that, you know, you are who you claim to be. So really, this is the vetting that we do. Now, everyone's personal experience is the same thing with a doctor, you know, or with a friend, even you don't, somebody's personal experience with one other person is totally unique. And I'm not there to sit in the room and monitor people. But from the get go, at least you can come and say, oh, here's a space that I can go to because it's not just like anybody signs up willy nilly. And anybody gets accepted. Um, so that's that's the vetting procedure, more or less, that we do go through. And having a personal conversation, I would love to have a personal conversation with every single person. And at some point, I usually do. But um, at least we go and we do our investigation around um, who applies. Yes, yes. Well, and lately, I've been really thinking about the word congruous and congruity. And what I'm really hearing is that you the wellness universe looks for congruity, it looks to be sure that the message is like, you know, or as the old saying goes that your, uh, your, your, your butt can pay, you know, can 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 like, what is it like, don't write a check that you're, you know, don't, 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 don't let your face write a check that your butt can't cash, you know, yeah. and that, that, but that there's that, that quality of, um, you know, you're looking to be sure that what's, what somebody's saying, like what the sign says at the front is backed up with the foundation beneath it and that it, it it is for real. And I, if I recall correctly, I actually even had to upload credentials, like that there was like an opportunity, you know, that there was a place for within the wellness universe. And that was actually for me, one of the things that made me go, oh, this place is legit. And this place is actually looking to be sure that, you know, it's not just anybody because I mean, don't even get me started on my soapbox about, about um, accreditation and certification and credentialing and the fact that nowadays, if somebody pays, you know, somebody, somebody takes a marketing class and knows how to push the pain points and the bruises, there are a lot of completely unqualified people who just know how to make a good landing page and who know how to talk a good, you know, do a sales conversion conversation who have no right working in the field as a healer and address it, you know, but because they, they get the marketing down and credentials have stopped being considered important, unfortunately, um, you know, anyway, I, this is a passion of mine. Hence the reason I am actually a master trainer for EFT International because it's an organization that actually has criteria. But um, so, Anna, you've talked a bit about the fact that you are highly sensitive and empathic and what that means for you and also sort of really seeing the, the importance of why we need to set up the wellness universe. And 
unless there's something else that you're like, no, I really want to share this piece about being sensitive yourself. I actually would love to dive into the conversation about as the CEO of the wellness universe, as somebody who's been around a lot of people who are also highly sensitive and empathic, particularly um, those of us who are sort of on the practitioner side of the wellness universe. Um, I would love to hear you talk about like, let's actually, let's start with sort of the, the good side of it. Like, let's talk about like some of the, 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 the wonderful things that you see in the wellness universe, the, just that, you know, some of the stuff that makes, that is wonderful. But then I'd love, love, love to hear you talk about what you as an expert have witnessed and noticed over the years about the challenges, the pitfalls, and let's just call it plain self-sabotage that comes up. And like, this is an opportunity where there's no finger pointing. It's not about any one individual, but more like talking about some of the trends and the patterns you see with, with, the, with sensitives who go into this world of, you know, the mission to change the world. So Okay. Let's have at it. Um, so, so before we go into like the total dish, maybe we could just say a few, like, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Let's say something nice first. Like, so what are some of the things, like, what are your top five favorite things about the, pra the practitioners and the members of the wellness universe? I want to say one of the top and so important right now, and it's such a great it's such a great thing that they've had in their tool bag all this time. And only now does the world really understand how important it is to have compassion. Mm -hmm. So compassion for people, it's, and, and, and for themselves, um, compassion is one of the top, the top, uh, you know, um, traits that I would say that our members have and possess and display over and over and over again. Compassion, uh, empathy, um, resilience in certain ways, um, and openness, mm. their heart led. And I think that these are some of the things that are so important to being a, um, an empowered leader to help people through pain and trauma and stress, uh, which is where we're at with the world and what we need. Um, so, and, and passion and drive to really, and they're committed to making the world a better place. Mm, mm. So I heard compassion, empathy, resilience, uh, passion and drive. And there was another really juicy one in there that is like on out of my head. But just what I'm really hearing. Oh, and just, you know, this, the, the, just this really, uh, the, this ability, like, I'm just really hearing you say like that just almost everybody within this community are people who are showing up. Oh, heart led. That was the other, the, that was the other word that really just really heart led, which in some ways also leads us to 
what are the challenges of being heart-led, empathic, compassionate, creative? Um, resilience, I don't think that there's necessarily a challenge to that. But with a lot of these other qualities, they are, the, you know, they are absolutely the blessing, but sometimes they can also be, quote, the curse, unquote. So let's talk. Like, what have you seen as the CEO of the Wellness Universe that you're just like, if I could just, like, have a thing out there that would say people 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 listen to this like come on this is your opportunity anna here it is here it is jennifer there's plenty there's plenty only because you know i i've bared witness to it so many times and yeah. um the lack of boundaries mm, mm, the lack mm. of valuing yourself yeah um the fear of embracing um the business side of things and mm -hmm. getting buttoned up. Um, and, um, the fear that, uh, that allows you to live in the space of, um, even though, no, no, we're all individuals and we're all, you know, we all, uh, have our own unique modality and our own unique way of doing things. They, they really get, they really can get caught up in, um, uh, fear of who they are and their confidence in who they are because, uh, you know, because they're surrounded now. So it's, it's, it's the, it's the benefit. And also sometimes when, when they are feeling low that they feel the, com the competition. Yeah. The com um, I love the word, the, com um, comparanoia. You paranoia, yes, paranoia, yes. yes, yes. So it's sort of like that self-comparison of like, oh, that person is so much more qualified than I am. I don't deserve this, or just that all of that that dismissal. So I've actually been taking notes right now, and it's like I'd love to break this down a bit more because you just you just like offered up a mouthful of really powerful stuff, and I will also say, you know, the well, uh, lack of business practices. That's like, that could be an entire podcast unto itself. <laughs> but, um, you know, what I'd love to do is just sort of break down, break this down a little bit, like one thing at a time and really talk about like, and I'd love to talk about what you've witnessed as some specific examples. So lack of boundaries. I mean, this, I think, is one of the biggest lessons that almost every single empath has to learn on the planet is boundaries and what it means to feel worthy of saying no. But I would love to, like, first off, I think that examples is always so much easier than just concepts. Could you give us some examples with, you know, changing the facts a little bit to protect the guilty, um, you know, but just maybe some examples of like what you recognize or what you see as examples of how lack of boundaries shows up for people. Okay. Well, I want to say, first of all, again, I have to give you credit for this. You have you have demonstrated some great boundaries. And for me as a professional in an industry, I respect you more when I see boundaries. When you said, no, Anna, I can't do that. I don't have time for that because of this, this, and this. And you gave me specific reasons. So I'm going to give that as an example to anyone. Number one, who can't set boundaries for yourself. I want to mm -hmm. say, because you displayed boundaries to me, it didn't make me deter wanting to work with you. It made me respect you more mm -hmm. and say, 
oh, are they saying yes to me because they can't say no? Or are they saying yes because they need to hop on something because they're afraid that they're going to miss out or because they're afraid they're not going along with it? So your your, uh, display of boundaries has made me want to work with you again and again and become even closer to you. So I want to preface this because for everyone who has that, you know, doesn't know how to set a boundary, it's not just a matter of setting the boundaries, how it's done. You've always given me legitimate reasons and made me understand, wow, Jennifer really values herself and her time and, and what she brings to the table and knows that she's only going to commit if she can give 100%. Right, right. Well, and I actually want to offer a little bit of an empath hack with boundaries. And that is that in my experience, if I say yes to things that I don't have the spoons for and I don't have the energy for, I'm going to cause other people an incredible amount of harm. Because, you know, I'm being entrusted with some very precious things. And if I don't have, if I'm like overtired and exhausted and spent, and I'm not able to put in my 100% to something, the consequences are not just for me, they're for other people as well. And one of the reasons why I've gotten really clear about meeting boundaries with like whether I can take on a project or not take on a project or take on a client or not take on a client, like there's like different thing, all these places is because what I found is that it's not just about protecting myself. It's also about protecting everybody else involved. And I think, you know, this is such a powerful lesson about the ways that as people pleasers, which I think a lot of us as empaths are, we say yes to projects we should not say yes to. Like actually, you know, you had reached out and was like, hey, could you write something for the 222 portal? And I was like, I'd love to. And then I started sitting with it and spirit is like, girlfriend, you don't got the time or the wherewithal to write something that's going to be anywhere halfway decent. And I just, you know, I've sat with it and I mulled it it over and then I reached back out and I'm like, Anna, nothing's coming. And I knew I could come up with something that would have been a really really sloppy piece of writing for you, but it would have been a really sloppy piece of writing for you that would not have served any of us. It would have it would have made the wellness universe look kind of like, huh? they're post-publishing this crap. But also, like, I knew that I didn't have the information was not going to go through in a way that was going to be as helpful as it needed to be. So that's a hack I offer you guys. If you're having a hard time setting boundaries for yourself, then set, for them, set them for the people that you're protecting by setting the boundaries. <laughs> so... I love that you mentioned that. And since you said to protect the guilty, we're not mentioning names. But for example, when people don't set boundaries and they see the opportunity in front of them and for whatever reason, you know, they do take it and then they don't show up to it. I'm like, it's not just you not showing up. It's the fact that now we want to go masculine on this. Okay. We want to say, well, now it's cost the wellness universe X amount of dollars to pay our team to promote you being part of this or you being included in this or you being spotlighted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. book chapter readings, authors not showing up, not mm-hmm. even messaging us. And they've been promoted for days. And I have a team of three people at least that are involved in the promotion of that. And so therefore, yes, it's, it takes up valuable resources that could have been projected on someone that it would have it would have been the, the, the infinity sign, right? It all goes together instead of just a straight line and it going all out to that one person and they're not there. 
And just so, dissipating, yeah. Yeah, oh. and so what you just said is exactly what, what could happen when you don't set your boundaries. Um, also, uh, expectations get blurred. So mm-hmm. the next time somebody comes to you, they're going to expect it because you've allowed it. Mm-hmm. And then you get trampled on again, or your feelings get hurt, or whatever it is. So I think that boundaries are big. And then especially, honestly, when it comes to um, being in business, because business is very different, very masculine energy to business, but it doesn't have to be. We're bringing Mm-mm. the feminine in, but, mm-hmm. you, but you have to, and again, it goes back to, it has, you have to go backwards. You have to go back to, again, you knowing yourself. And this is where I love the work that you do, Jennifer, and you help people to really shore up those things. You have to find your value within yourself and love yourself and love those values within yourself and then stick to some sort of framework, even if we call them our core values for ourselves, whatever it is. And then you can set your boundaries because now you have something, a framework around you to say, this is the box, like this is it. And this is why. And then that way you have it all working together. But, um, I'm kind of going all over the place with this, but I'm sure you get what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It's such a key element in order for you to be successful, because if you say yes, the things that you're going to, you really need to say yes to, you're not going to have the time for. And when you, Mm -hmm. and if you say no out of fear, you've missed an opportunity that could have really catapulted you. So the boundaries are for both. They're for both. They are. Well, and, and like that idea of when we say no out of fear, um, you know, it's sort of like the, the difference between setting a boundary and reacting in fear or hiding, that those aren't the same things. But there were two things about boundaries as we were talking that I was thinking about is one was an example that I had a similar experience, like what you were talking about with, um, you know, you started a project and then suddenly just somebody just like ghosts on you. You know, for years when I was running the brick and mortar tattoo studio, we also were running an art gallery. And one of the things that blew my mind was the lack of professionalism with so many artists. Like we had to chase artists. We had to like basic stuff. Like, will you please promote this to your audience? Will you please help us to get this out there? Will you please show up on this day to hang your work? Will you give us a graphic so that we can help promote you and get you out into the world? And it was absolutely amazing how much handholding and chasing we had to do to get people to participate in shows. You would think that people would be like chomping at the bit and bending <laughs> over backwards for an opportunity to be. I mean, our space was a was a two-story floor-to-ceiling windows in downtown Portland, historic wow. building. It was spectacular. Like we had, I had, I had a big loft in the back and one of my colleagues had a loft. And so there was like, but most of it was like completely open air ceilings, exquisite, exquisite building. Like we were, you know, it was like, I think eight, like 1800 square feet of space and all gallery walls with like professional gallery lighting, amazing gallery to be shown in and showcased in. And yet so many people would, would be like, yeah, I'd love to. And then they'd flake on us. So I've absolutely had that experience. And it is from the producer standpoint, it is really frustrating when people flake. The other thought, 
that came to my mind too about boundaries. And actually, I just heard you taking a deep breath as you were going to say something. So jump in. And I'll, no, that was yeah. it. I'm just like, I feel you, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, the other thing I see with lack of boundaries, and this ties into, I think, value and worth, but the other thing I've seen over the years, and I imagine you've seen is another example for lack of boundaries is not just the professionalism, but also that so often you'll have healers and people who see somebody who's who's wounded or in need and that there is like the giving it away for free because they may not even offer or charge a price in the first place or lower their rates to begin with without even saying what they charge but like things like somebody's like i can't afford it so they give the sessions to somebody or um you know like they're off hours and they're responding to text messages and phone calls and somebody's like hey it's an emergency would you please like drop everything and see me off your hours and those kind of things where people are not respecting their personal time, not respecting what they need to be doing for themselves, and often overgiving, overextending, as well as going places they don't belong, taking on projects or or you know clients that really are not aligned or or not appropriate. And those are things that I've also witnessed or seen as other places where there can be lack of boundaries. Oh my gosh, Jennifer, you know, and sometimes, you know, I still fall back. I still fall backwards and I have to, I have to do what I call reconciling this. Mm -hmm. How am I going to, how do I reconcile this? Because sometimes if it is an off hour, for example, and I'm answering an email, um, it's like, it's because, you know, like, let's say I, I see it come through and I see the person and the person has been there for me multiple times. And I know in case I go to this person, they have my back genuinely, right? Mm -hmm. Genuinely. And so I will email, then that's how I reconcile that. Hey, I'm not doing anything anyway. Even though this is my personal time, let me get this to them. It'll ease their pain significantly, right? Um, so there's there's the reconciliation that that would happen but it's it's built around again parameters and an evaluation you know what i mean and not just like oh i want to overgive or oh i want to give so much you know and sometimes i do slip into that still um it you know it's just it's just my habit sometimes however um i work on that all the time but yes the the boundaries thing i think is one of the biggest um what's the word for symptoms of being an empath in service. And I want to mm -hmm. say maybe even this phrase empath in service, um, because it's the high, it's the high, it's to the highest point that you can possibly want to climb as an empath to be actually in service because you feel and you want to help. But since it's so high, when you, when you fall, you really fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that the boundaries is so essential for you to be effective again, and for yourself to keep hydrated um, energetically, as well as to be of service to your greatest potential. Absolutely. Well, and Anna, you were talking about, you know, really concrete example of like even something like where an email or a text message come through after hours and it's like, do you choose to respond to it? And, um, and I love just the, the, the distinction of mindfully choosing to respond to it 
as opposed to just being on autopilot and responding to it. And what a difference there is in that, in terms of having the boundary of, I know that it's after hours, but I'm choosing to respond to this is a very, very, very different thing than just like, oh my God, Sally just wrote to me, I have to respond to them. And that I think that that's a really important thing. And I, I recently realized that, you know, sort of conversely, I often get around to responding to email late at night. And I had been doing this thing where I would be saving stuff in my draft folder because I'm like, you shouldn't send this at 344 in the morning. And then suddenly I was like, you know what? Like, screw it. Like, if, like, it's, if it's, if I forget, if I leave it in the draft folder, it may not get out. If I like hit the send button, it's just going to go out. And it's like, if somebody is like, doesn't understand a 344 AM timestamp, then uh, they don't know me. Like I was just kind of like, I can still have boundaries, but, but send an email at a certain time and hope that somebody else does not feel like, oh my God, I have to respond now at 3.44 AM. It's like, you know, that's what turning your phone is off for people. Like that's what airport <laughs> mode is for. <laughs> like that, that some of it is also that. So let's, so, I mean, I, I know you and I could just talk for hours and hours and hours about boundaries, because I do really think this is such a huge thing. And I think we've covered a good, a good, you know, we've given a good swath. Let's talk about value and lack of value, you know, and just like what, like, like what you've noticed with that. Um, I've come across I've over I've come across um, overinflated self-imposed value and no value, um, and I find that they kind of actually are very good friends or frenemies, uh, if you will. Because, for example, when somebody's done the work to do something and um, they they've done enough of the work, like heavy lifting, creating something, whatever they don't realize like we were actually discussing before we even got on all of the systems that need to be in place. So for example, the writer, the writer who doesn't understand that that's just 5% of the work marketing your book is the 95% of success and success is not just sales. It's literally mm -hmm. touching lives, changing lives, making a difference in this world from what you did you wrote this book in order to make a difference. You have passed the wisdom on, but they just, when, when, when somebody sees that it was so much work doing just this mm -hmm. and to get this out there and then they forget, like, unless you have an agent and unless you have a publicist and unless you have people doing that work for you, you're going to have to do that work yourself. And, um, I see that they overvalued the writing piece and undervalued the marketing piece. And what is that? That's really putting yourself out there, connecting to your authentic voice, really being honest about, you know, what it is and standing behind what you wrote mm -hmm. and, 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 and being confident in it all. So I think um, that's one way to look at the val value. There's also the other piece, like you were mentioning before about people giving away their work for free. And again, yes. this is like, this is a big deal because for me, like I mentioned, the reconciling, like you have to reconcile. Like if you're going to give somebody something for free, 
put boundaries around it, boundaries. Mm -hmm. It's a 20 minute conversation and you have a goal at the end and you have work for the person to do. If they're not going to do it and they're going to take away and just take from you, you don't give them another 20 minute call again. No, No. you say, this is what I'm going to give you. You're going to go away and you're going to do this, this, and this. And if you want to book another call with me, you could pay for it, but I'm not giving you another free call. Or, you know, I want to know that you did this and then I'll Mm -hmm. help you out again if you still, if you really can't afford me right now, but you have to create these, these boundaries and this set, the structure around when you give something for free, because I feel that as empaths and a lot of us who are empathic, um, feel the pain for people, not just for their physical or emotional pain, but for their financial hardships. And I, I always say, preach, preach, sister, (laughs) preach. I, the funny thing is I, I say to people, I'm like, so they're, they cry poverty, but if you go and see them driving around in a brand new car, are you going to weep for them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they don't have money to put for their own self-development, but they can go and get, you know, plastic surgery, or they can go and get a new car, or they can go and get uh, a Prada bag, but they don't have enough money to pay. So no, that's not it. You know what I mean? So you have to you have to stop feeling bad for people or taking it on because they're projecting it and, and no matter what in the end of the day if people really want to do something even if they didn't have it if they have the respect for you they're going to find a way to pay you for what you do but at the same time yes you have to give them a little peace they have to you have it's like a um you know, you're, you're meeting with the doctor to make sure that this is the doctor for you, right? It's the same thing that people are with their emotions, even more so, even more so when you're a coach and you're an empath in service, because that person is probably paying at a disposable income. So it's a little bit harder for them to part with that than insurance covering it. Number one, number two, mm-hmm. they're about to expose their emotions to somebody and their feelings and their traumas. Which is more difficult than saying, hey, I got a broken bone here. Come and fix my arm, doc. Right. Right. You're tapping into the nerve of somebody. You're tapping into the essence of somebody. It's so hard for them to say, yes, I want to do this. So creating a value system, knowing how valuable you are with the compassion, with the empathy um, is very important. So that's why even if you have to write down what your what your set of core values are for yourself and then the systems you're going to abide by. So you have that value uh, value set uh, enforced for yourself, just for yourself. Um, it's so important that you use it as a guide. And again, empaths have a hard time with these structured things, but I think that this, these types of structures help. It's sort of like, you you put your pants on one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're really good, you could jump into your pants two legs at a time, but you can't put your pants on through your arms or over your head. It's not right. going to work. And this is the way empaths have to also see when they're in business. They have to value what they do and also have a systems in place so they can remind themselves until they've re- already deprogrammed themselves and programmed this new way of being that they can be empathic, they can be compassionate, they can be heart led and still be able to run their business. So they have food, 
on yeah. their table. They have yeah. a roof on their head and they, and then they don't come from this, the, the place of lack. Right. 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 Well, and I think, you know, you talked about the, the idea of like empaths sort of like empathy for financial insecurity. And one uh. of the things that I have really witnessed, well, I mean, there's so much to this, um, you know, one, th so two thoughts that I have is one is that I've witnessed so many highly sensitive empathic people tell themselves stories about people's finances without knowing the reality. And that like how many times if, if, and especially like if you're listening to this and you're in a healer or a service provider of some sort or another, and you're starting to negotiate for something, how many times have you gone into a sales conversation or a negotiation with somebody where you imagined in your head that they were going to think that what you had to offer was too expensive and you started backpedaling before you even presented the offering to them. And so I think that there's a lot of storytelling we do about the value of, of, of whether somebody will value what we offer. And I think that in some ways this comes down to self-confidence that we, you know, trusting that we can deliver the goods, which leads me back to my passion thing, which is that if you are not vetted, if you are not, if you are not, if you've not ever gone through any kind of like um, accountability system or any kind of hoop jumping or any kind of system for actually knowing that you know what you're doing and becoming accredited, then it's, then it's much easier to doubt what you do if you don't have any systems for tracking your progress and for helping people to see what you do and a track record for actually making a difference in people's lives. Like that makes a difference. Knowing that you make a difference makes it a lot easier to sell what you've got to offer. Um, and I think that that there's that side of it, which is like if somebody's wavering in their own sense of value. I was also thinking, though, that the other side of it is that I think as a society, we have been taught that the sort of the get out of jail free card is the I can't afford it statement. And that many people say, <laughs> I can't afford it as a way to shut down a conversation when the truth is they lack confidence in their ability to do it, or they know that they don't have the time or the energy or the resources, or suddenly a family member just died and that, you know, all of their energy is being going into that direction. And, but a lot of times the answer is, oh, I can't afford it. And, but it's really not, I can't afford it. It's, I mean, yes, there are certain people where financially they can't afford something. But a lot of times it's more, I choose not to use my resources for this. This is not my priority right now. Um, you know, and I just think that that is something that, that a lot of times it just, we, we get, we get so it, like bunched up around finances when it's about something so much bigger than finances. Absolutely agreed. And, um, yeah, I, I, now it slipped my mind, but I had a very, very, obviously, you know, these examples and these things I speak of are literally from real life experiences. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on, girlfriend. Yeah. You know, na names of the innocent and guilty have been, you know, changed yes, to protect. Yes. But ha however, these are all real things. Um, mm -hmm. And and I, I really just love how we're getting into the nitty gritty. And like you said, there's so many layers to this. And there's so many, you know, the, you know, the backstory to the backstory to the backstory in order to get to where we're going. I wish that, you know, maybe even you, 
I'm, I'm giving you a job now. Maybe yeah. even if you put together a list of questions that an empath can ask themselves, a service-based empath of questions that they need to ask themselves to quantify their value to themselves, but really they're just setting themselves up to, as a resource to go back to these are the things, right? But absolutely about the, um, the value and, and, you know, backing down on their price point for, for their service. And, you know, it all comes down to, you know, their, 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 their lack and it, it's their experience or inexperience. But I also definitely think that if they also really, um, focus on, business and not, and just not be scared of that word. I've worked with people for mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. will not do their month. They won't address numbers that they won't address a business. They don't have a business plan. They don't have a strategy on any of these big words. They're not that bad. It's not that bad of a word. These words are not bad words. They're important for you to be of your best service and be used. Like what's a guitar with no strings? You know what I mean? It, it's like, this is so important. And, um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up was, um, oh gosh, what was it? Ah, you also need to know where you are in your journey. So then that way you can reconcile yes. the things like there's internship when you're in college. So you gain the real world experience. So yes, there are times that you're going to give away your calls for free. So you get the experience, get the yes. exposure, get a referral, you know, or do an exchange or do, like, where are you at in your journey and talk to the right people like you, Jennifer, you know what I mean? It's like, you have to understand where you are in your journey also. So you reconcile and you don't go, double back on your questions and what actions you're taking, because yes, there are some gives you're going to have to give until you get to a certain level of experience. Like after four years of college, you get a degree. Here's the degree. Like after a certain amount of certain types of experience, you're at that next level and understanding this from the beginning instead of just being heart led, mm-hmm. just being heart led and also having the talent you have to quantify certain steps you're taking because we're not getting any younger. You need to be valued. You need to get yourself out there. You need to help the world and you need to, to, and I'm, and I'm very adamant about this and I don't flounder on this in order for you to be of greatest service and impact and help change the world. You need to be responsible to the service you bring to the world, which means picking up every piece of who you are, what you do, how you do it, all of it. And that all comes down to everything. It's like, as if you're a member of a team, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Hugo's involved in the world of professional sports and soccer and everything. So imagine if all the team, all the teams, there's all superstars, but what if game time is at three o'clock in the afternoon? One guy shows up at eight o'clock at night. Right. How does that help the team? It doesn't help the team. You being called to be in service as an empath, you're special. You feel things that other people don't. You have a certain compassionate empathy for people who are hurt and struggling. It is so important for you to get out there and to connect, but it has to be for the team. You have to be there a hundred percent. It's not just how you feel about things. So that's why I feel empaths bring such, such a dynamic like when you, when you, again, I'm just going to give this to the real, like 
you know, black and white way of looking at things. A doctor who has a great bedside manner, a doctor that, that tells a joke as soon as he enters the room, doesn't he put you at ease? Doesn't he do his doctoring so much better? Mm-hmm. Somebody who just comes in and just treats you like a thing. Yes. You're treated like a human. And empaths see us as emotions. They, yes. they feel us as emotions. It, in being an empath is to your advantage, but you need to, you need to hone all of it and you need to contain it and you need to share it. You are now the music that the guitar plays, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But Am I a little over the but, top with this? No, 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 no. <laughs> but you need the strings and, you know, and one of the things that, I mean, oh God, there are so many things that you're talking about here that are just so incredibly important. And, just so incredibly important. And I just wanted to backpedal just a little bit and talk about, you know, one of the things that, that the, I, that I see as a solution, instead of giving away your premium services for free, then create content that is, you know, available for people to work with. And I had an experience a while back with somebody where they kept on coming back, asking me for more, 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 more. And at a certain point I wrote to them and I said, you could not possibly have used the content that I've given you. I have given you like a ton of resources and links to different things that will take you weeks to get through. And you're writing to me two days later asking for more. You're not ready for more because you've clearly not done any of this work. And I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, is are we serving somebody and trying to meet their needs because they're really doing the work and they're being like, are we, do we have the guts to hold somebody accountable? And, you know, like, but a lot of times we can make offerings, we can provide something for somebody that they can work with until they're ready or able to pay for us, or they find somebody who's more appropriate for them to, to work with who can provide services. But I mean, Anna, so much of what we're talking about, like, I love how you were talking about recognizing where you're at in your journey. And this actually, for me, goes back to the whole thing of because our culture is so market driven, as opposed to credential and qualification driven. Now, there are a lot of people who who are, quote, influencers, but who really don't have the cojones. They don't have the grounding. They don't have the, they don't have the training. They don't have the accountability. There's nobody, they don't have mentoring. They don't have the opportunity to really evaluate it, but we're not living in a time where there is a voice that's basically saying, you're not entitled to claim this yet. You need to do your work. You have to do your work first before you're going to be qualified to do this. And that's one of the things that I think happens with the, you know, baby healers and baby empaths is that if you put your shingle up and you haven't done any of your own work, then you're going to be much more likely to have people violating your boundaries. You're going to be much more likely to overgive and just give it all away. You're going to be much more likely to be taken advantage of, to burn out all of these things, because part of it is that we've not had to go through any kind of a process. So that kind of goes back around to the beauty of, of wellness universe, which is that you vet people and you make sure that they can put their money where their mouth is. And even still <laughs> within the wellness universe, there are, there are those times where, where people are, are not necessarily delivering 
on what they say. The other thing that you said, Anna, that I just really want to hold up is, you know, you, you, you held out a nugget that I think is so valuable. And you were talking about like how the chapter is 5% and the message and the marketing and like the experience after the fact is like the 95%. And that, you know, if you're looking at the idea of, of profit for a book, like that's just you're you're missing the point. And I think that so many of us, here's my theory, a lot of us with past life memories, remember the time where you could be in a temple and you could just like you get up in the morning, somebody else would have made your breakfast. You just show up and go to the temple and do the healing work for the day, you know, and you, you know, maybe have lunch, go for a walk in the afternoon, go back to the temple, work. And then at the end of the day, it's like all your needs are met. Somebody's got dinner prepared for you. You then go back to the dorms and you go to sleep and you're done. That's not how it works anymore. And I think there are so many people who somehow think that like all they need to think about is the chapter or all they need to think about is like the video or all they need to think about is the, you know, the podcast interview or all they need to think about is the one healing service when it's really about the entirety of all of it. And, you know, I will just say from my own personal experience that my life dramatically changed when I stopped fighting the fact that I had to run a business, that my life completely transformed when I came to accept that I wasn't magically going to become like the super successful artist and that, that everything was just going to fall into place but that I actually had to treat it like a business. So I, I really hear you in saying, you know, you were talking about just how often people just want the one thing to be easy and then everything else just magically happen. But that, you know, like they, they kind of put a cross up in front of the word business and treat it like it's the devil that, you know, and yet it is an essential part of being able to do this work in the world. Absolutely. And I think that when, um, when you are empathic and you do feel so deeply, you know, coming up against challenges or um, different facets of business that you have to implement in order to be effective in your, in your craft, in your gifts, it has to be, it's a, it's a mirror and it's a house of mirrors really, because it all will keep reflecting back and reflecting back and reflecting back. And all of these things need to be put into place or else it's going to be, again, you're at the top of the mountain and you're going to cascade wet. Like it's not just falling off of the curb. You're going to be falling off the top of the building Mm. and you're not going to be effective and you're not going to be helping the people in the magnitude because emotionally you're going to feel defeated. Emotionally, you're going to feel like a failure. Emotionally, you're going to go down that spiral. You know what I mean? And I don't want that for Mm. our, our fellow empaths. I really don't because you're the most important to be in the healing space. You're the most important to really hold someone's hand and understand them. But there's a limit. Like, do you hold their hand while a train is coming down the track and not let them go and the train just comes and runs you both over? Or do you see the train and say, okay, now it's time for me to let go of your hand so we can get off this train track together. Yes. Yes. You know, and that's what I'm saying. And like you say, and you're so great at guiding empaths to really delineate all of these different areas so they can be okay. They can manage their emotions. They can find balance and they can uh, create boundaries for themselves because it not only helps them, but it helps everyone they love 
everyone they touch, everyone they come in contact, and more. Because every person that you affect affects someone else and someone else and someone else. That's why it's so important. That's why it's so important. We don't live alone on some island and, mm. you know, talk to coconuts and monkeys all day. Like, this is not reality. Everyone you engage with and interact with, you have the power to affect. And our empaths have more power than they could possibly understand. Mm. And that's why it's so important that they need to hone. They need to hone. They need to embrace. They need to quantify. They need to, you know, regulate. They need to be responsible to. Mm, mm, mm. Anna, preach. I cannot believe how much time, like time has just blown by and we are, we are at the end of time for this conversation right now. And um, so, you know, just like if you had, is, is there any sort of like last like bullet point or message that you just really, really want to share with people? I just want to share that, you know, everyone who's empathic, this is your superpower. You know, this is your superpower. Own it, own it, but own everything else that you need. Also, just own that too. Don't be afraid, be vulnerable and, um, you know, fortify, fortify every aspect of yourself and who you are and what you do in order to be that great service to the world, because that's what you were born for. That's why you have this gift. Mm, mm, mm. Anna, thank you for so much inspiration. Thank you so much for just all your words of wisdom, your candor, your truth, your authenticity. You are such a gift to this world. And I'm so grateful that I didn't throw your email into my junk folder. <laughs> I just, <laughs> me really, too. I'm just so grateful. And um, so I'm how so grateful we... to you. I'm so oh. grateful to you, Jennifer, because you, you, we're, we need more leaders like you. You oh, really you. are amazing. I don't want people going into their next lifetime and next lifetime and next life. I'm still searching and searching. You are the answer and you can help so many. And I hope mm. and I pray that people understand we're talking to you, listener. We're talking mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. So people, wellness, thewellnessuniverse.com. Am I, is that correct? Yep. Yes. Great. Go check it out. If you are, if you are a healer, then come join us. Um, you know, assuming that you can be vetted. <laughs> and, <laughs> If you are on the path and you're a seeker, there are amazing blogs. There are amazing classes. We've got um, the Wellness Universe uh, Club, uh, Feeling Good Club on Clubhouse. We've got communities on Facebook. Really robust community. Amazing place. Lots of books. Lots of all kinds of amazing things. Come on over to the Wellness Universe and join us and meet. And, and, and I'm sure Anna's really hands-on you will have an opportunity to really interact with and engage with Anna and meet her. And Anna is just, Anna's the real deal, you guys. She is the real deal. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Anna, for this conversation. This was really, really juicy and so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. And I love you. And I just want to say thank you for being brave and stepping up and into who you are and being this lighthouse for everyone in the world. Mm. I love you so much. Thank I you. I love you so much. Oh, thank you. As we come to the end of this episode, I'd love to hear what you're taking from this show. Please jump over to empathicmasteryshow.com to leave your comments. In the show notes, you'll find a link to grab your copy of My Empathic Safety Guide, 
three basics for finding calm in the eye of the storm. And while you're there, please subscribe and follow this show. And thank you for your help sharing this show with the people who need it. Please help me to spread the word and send this podcast to friends or family members who need support living as highly sensitive empathic people. Then join me again when the next Empathic Mastery show airs. Okay, one last time. Hop over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com for your empathic safety guide. And until next show, shine on. We need you and your gifts here on this planet. So please don't judge your empathic rainbow by colorblind standards.